0: Here's the way that I try to put it in perspective for many people who come to me for advice. I always say, All right, I want you to sit down right now and tell me what your biggest problem was mm-hmm. five years ago. Never mind the smallest problem. Right. And if they can remember it, which sometimes they can't even, mm-hmm. which I say, Well, that should tell you something. Right. I say, Is that a problem for you now? And then they say no. I said, okay. so if that big problem is not an issue for you five years later, should you really be driving yourself crazy about something this small Mm, now that
1: you might not even remember in five years? And that's a good point. Good for you, Brian. So I can use that on you and you're not going to get upset if I say, well, you care about this in five years. I always follow that up with, hey, don't worry, something else horrible will happen in another five
0: years. So they just keep coming. Here we are again, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 120. Courtney Kelly, a longtime mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And I can't believe heading into episode 120 that we haven't covered this one because it is something that has been around for ages. We've heard about this ever since we mm-hmm. were
1: kids. Courtney, don't sweat the small stuff. Absolutely. And also there's a great book with lots of spin-off books by Richard Carlson. And he talks all about not sweating the small stuff. The first book, I believe, came out in the mid to late 90s and it had such an impact on me, Brian, I have to say. I remember reading it. I was doing overnights at a different radio station in the Providence Market and I worked with someone who was also doing overnights and it was weird. We had this funny back and forth with each other as far as sometimes we wouldn't get along or I don't even know why. There was just all these weird things going on personality-wise, but I remember buying the book and going, look, this will help us out. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're doing, overnights. Nobody else is around. So we well, were. <laughs> in terms of not sweating the small stuff,
0: if you were doing overnights yeah. then, you had a lot to sweat because now no one's doing overnights. Right. nobody's
1: doing overnights. Now yeah. there's
0: nobody there. It's automated.
1: So we bonded over this book and I remember we were talking about let's not get caught up in small things because sometimes I guess we got upset about small things. So yeah, it really helped us, I have to say. But it does resonate with me and it sticks with me now when I talk to clients about really prioritizing. Don't give the top priority to everything all the time because you're going to feel bombarded.
0: Did that person take your advice or tell you to bleep off?
1: Yeah, it was funny because he read the book, but then he would say, well, this part over here, I said, Oh my gosh, here we go. If I oh, didn't know problem. better, I
0: would swear that was me.
1: <laughs> I know, right? It was a lot of back and forth, but he was a fun guy. I think when people prioritize everything as getting the same importance, then you start really sweating the small stuff, and we need to really get rid of some of the stuff in our life that we can't control and stop focusing on it.
0: Here's maybe where it gets a little bit complicated. And we did do an episode making mountains out of molehills. Mm-hmm. For some people, something small is just the end of the world right and if you are one of those people Courtney who has a hard time determining what something small Mm -hmm. is versus a big-picture
1: item How do you make that determination? Right. Well, talking to people around you, maybe getting another perspective. Maybe there's somebody that you really respect, a mentor or a good friend. Just having that conversation and saying, hey, do you think sometimes I get really attached to certain things or I get very reactive to certain things? Because maybe you're concerned that your moods are up and down because of it. Talking to someone and getting another perspective or just thinking on it and reflecting.
0: Here's the way that I try to put it in perspective for many people who come to me for advice. I always say, all right, I want you to sit down right now and tell me what your biggest problem was Mm -hmm. five years ago. Never mind the smallest problem. And if they can remember it, which sometimes they can't even, Mm -hmm. which I say, well, that should tell you something. I say, is that a problem for you now? And then they say, no. I said, okay. So if that big problem is not an issue for you five years later, should you really be driving yourself crazy about something this? small now Mm, that
1: you might not even remember in five years. And that's a good point because a lot of times people will say that perspective of time. They'll say, will this bother me in six months, a couple months? Will this bother me in a year, two years, or like you said five years? That can help us to have perspective to say, is this still going to be a problem for me? And good for you, Brian. So I can use that on you and you're not going to get upset if I say, will you care about this in five years? I always follow that up with, (laughs) hey, don't worry something else horrible will happen in another five
0: years. So (laughs) they just keep coming. But in the moment, if something is not that big a deal, don't make it a big deal.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's enough things that we can get bogged down into and get upset about. But I always go back to what can you control? You can control your reaction, how you see things. (laughs) Yeah. But you can't control other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And so really trying to stay in your own lane with that. And one of the big things from the books and from other things, when people talk about how to not sweat the small stuff, to really be grateful for the things that you do have and the things that are going well, because we've talked about this numerous times the brain doesn't focus on that. The brain is always looking for problems and threats to solve instead of focusing on, hey, these other areas are going pretty well. And that can also help us to find some balance.
0: In terms of enlightening people who may be struggling with what is a small item versus something that's maybe a little bit grander in Mm -hmm. scale, what would you say as a therapist are some of the most common small stuff things that you get presented with on a daily basis?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's a tricky thing because I don't try to invalidate people as far as what they bring to me because like you said for one person something really could be a big thing when we might look at it and say oh I wish I had that problem well let me
0: rephrase that then you don't tell them that it's small but in your mind you're saying well this isn't exactly the end of the world
1: well I think about what would be the advantage of letting some of that go and especially like I said I always go back to what can you control mm-hmm. what can you do in certain situations and usually that's where I lead them to if it's an issue that I'm deem as like oh it's not that big a deal or sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes people have things and they're like oh it's no big deal and I'm like that's a big deal. (laughs) Let's work on that. And they're like nah. And they're like hey I was feeling fine but thanks for freaking me out. But I think that people do have an inner wisdom. What I try to do is reconnect them to their wise self and say what would your future self say about this? What would your wise self say about this? And usually they will come up with the answer themselves as far as you know what I really can't worry about this because I can't control it. It's somebody else's actions and I can only do what I can do or whatever the situation is. And so I try to lead them to help them to find the answer for themselves. Now, I also point out in certain therapies, we also do what's called comparison. So you might watch the news and say, oh, my gosh, I'm grateful that I don't have to deal with somebody just had a house fire or somebody lost a person that they love or all of these things that are going on. Sometimes it is healthy to look at perspective of what other things are going on and be grateful that you're not dealing with that same thing, and that can help you to look and see, is it really a big deal what I'm dealing with?
0: For me to give an example of what is something small that you really shouldn't be wasting your time with, I know one person in my life who does this all the time. I will start by saying we have a very good friend, Brendan Kirby, who mm-hmm. works for The Road Show locally, a local TV show, and he had this wonderful opportunity drop in his lap, which was the opportunity to co-write a Seinfeld cookbook through Simon & Schuster. Mm, Now, he had somebody who would come on the show with him all the time who has written books in the past. She was presented with that opportunity, knew what a huge Seinfeld fan he was, and that's how he got the gig. Now, in terms of sweating the small stuff, I know several people who are this way, but one person in particular, and I had to say this to Brendan. I said, Brendan, I am genuinely thrilled for you, but not everybody is going to be Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are going to say to themselves, well, welcome he's getting that great opportunity but I never get a great opportunity and they get jealous of people who are supposed to be their friends and Mm -hmm. they get crazy worked up about it whereas if it's my friend who's doing well I don't start looking at myself and saying well my life sucks by comparison I'm genuinely happy for that person and if you find yourself doing that you're creating your own problem And in the grand scheme of things, what positive can come from you being jealous of somebody that you like? As a matter of fact, it might complicate the relationship and eventually destroy the friendship. And that's something where I say, move on. Mm -hmm. And in five years, are you still going to be wringing your hands about Brendan
1: Seinfeld's cookbook? Of course not. Right. And it could give you an opportunity to do some inner work if you start feeling jealous about things or you start having these negative feelings to say, oh, what's going on with that? So the person who's experiencing that, you can learn a lot from that in life and say, okay, maybe there's something I need to do to feel better about myself to have some reflection. But of course, people who do that, sometimes they're not having reflection. They're just feeling jealous. But it's normal. We all do. We all have all the feelings. And another thing I think of, they always give the example like traffic. We get stuck in traffic. When I start to feel myself getting frustrated about traffic, I stop and I say, well, at least I'm not the one in the accident because I've been the one in the accident and that's a big pain in the butt. (laughs) So if the accident is creating traffic and I'm stuck in traffic for an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes, I try to look at it from the space of where I'm grateful, where it could be worse. And so I help to put it in perspective, even if I'm like in a big rush and I'm like, I have to get to work, I have to get to work. But nine times out of 10, it's fine. Once I get there, I can figure things out.
0: It's so funny that you bring up that example, because I am currently reading a book by Artie Lang, the comedian who mm-hmm. used to be on the Howard Stern show, and Artie has had some immense mental health struggles. He's had some really difficult things happen mm-hmm. to him, and he's also said, "To if not for a few breaks, I could have ended up in a far worse position than I am in now, which is pretty good." But even still, mm-hmm. he struggles. So he was talking about traffic, and he said, "I get so aggravated. I'm on my way to a gig at a comedy place where I get to just be stupid for ninety minutes, and they hand me a check for thirty grand or." 50 50 grand mm-hmm. and here I am getting angry mm-hmm. at the people in front of me when i think of some of my friends including one who we were going down a similar path as young men and he got caught doing something that I had done many times but never got caught. He ended up in prison and died a horrible death oh. in prison. And he said I hate to think of that memory of my mm-hmm. friend but in terms of putting my own life in perspective mm-hmm. <laughs> where okay I'm sitting in traffic right now but God forbid that I was living in that right. world and having it end that way and this guy died at the age of like 25 right. in
1: prison. I think again we're human. We're going to have those moments we're like oh come on this is messing with my life I'm stuck in traffic oh and we get upset acknowledging that and then have a laugh and just be like wow I'm taking this real seriously like is this really going to impact my day and the thing of it is too when we are very externally focused and we think that everything that happens to us is going to shape our day then that's when we lose control over our day and if we're not internally focused then we feel like everything can just come at us and can manipulate the day however it wants to but if we can shift and say you know what I don't have control over this traffic, but I do have control over maybe putting a song on that's going to calm me down. Thinking about what you said with Artie, maybe thinking of a memory and saying, wow, if this is the worst in my day, then it's a good day. Really changing perspective. We have control over that. We don't have to have a bad day just because a few bad things happened in the morning time.
0: And in some ways, isn't it interesting that in both examples that I just cited, in the first one, I said to that person, stop thinking about Brendan, stop thinking about the good things mm-hmm. that he has going on, because you're just going to make yourself feel worse. But then I flipped the script. And with Artie, you yeah. know what? Think about yeah. that other person it right. worse than you do. That's a healthy way of doing mm-hmm. that versus the other one, which is the unhealthy way.
1: Right. That's what we talk about when we say flexibility. And we've talked about this too, cognitively having that flexibility. And that's what actually studies have shown makes for a happier person, more content that's that's the thing that we have to remember. It's flexibility. When I talk to people about coping and ways of looking at things, it's not like, okay, you have to change it to this one other way. You want to have a bunch of different things in your toolbox because sometimes you are going to be more focused in one way and another time you're going to swing that focus another way. But you're looking at it in the bigger picture. What is going to help me feel more in control, more grounded, or maybe I just have to have more acceptance, radical acceptance and say, life is not fair. Because when I have clients come in and be like, well, it's not fair. And I'm like, guess what? That is the first lesson life is not fair so we have to throw that out the window because if you think you're going to fight life all the time as Byron Katie says reality you're only going to lose 100% of the time reality is what it is so we have to look at what we can control and how we can look at things
0: and it's really funny that you should say that about why is this happening to me it's not fair because I had a cousin and an aunt of mine come and visit Mm -hmm. yesterday my dad and myself we had a really nice day and we were talking about my cousin's sister sister's daughter just got married in Pennsylvania. I wasn't able to be there, but we had noticed when we were looking at the pictures on social media that her dad wasn't there. And right away, we're like, why is he not there? This doesn't make any sense. He's not in any of the photos. Well, come to find out that the day before the wedding, he was supposed to walk his daughter down the aisle. He got COVID. Oh, he tested no. positive for COVID. And the daughter was begging him to be there. He said, I don't think that's the ethical thing mm-hmm. to do. She was sobbing like crazy as they were going through the wedding rehearsal. She blurted out to everybody, I don't understand. We're good people and we always yeah. do the right thing. This should not be happening to us. Mm-hmm. And my cousin and I... And listening to her recount that, who she's much younger than we are, we're like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. That is not how life mm-hmm. operates at all. And that's the problem. I think at a very young age, we have it pounded into our head. Mm-hmm. Work hard, be a good person, <laughs> the right karma, bang. all yeah. of these other things. And then when horrible things start happening, mm-hmm. you're like, well, what the? And I mean, even things like, and I think this is very unhealthy. You can do anything you put your mind to. No, you can't. <laughs> And I think it's healthy for people to know that. That doesn't mean don't try. That doesn't mean stop being a good person, Mm -hmm. stop working hard, do all of those things. Because those things will put you in the best position Mm -hmm. to succeed, but they don't guarantee that you will succeed. Look at life in that way as a lottery ticket. You can't win if you don't play. Mm -hmm. What was the Wayne Gretzky line? You miss 100% of the shots that you
1: don't take. But that doesn't mean that you hit 100% of them either. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and again, that's perspective. If she came into my office, I would validate her. I would give her support and then also help her to look at another way of thinking of things and also to look at some of the outcomes. Sometimes we can look at things and say, oh, I learned a big lesson from that in life. There is another quote about life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things happen that we may fight and say. That's not the way I wanted it to go. But sometimes things happen the way they're going to happen. We can pull lessons from them. And also some things happen that we want to happen, but not in the way that way. So say like if there's a relationship that's not going well and somebody breaks up with you, we didn't want it to happen like that. We wanted to be the one breaking up. We wanted to be the one in control. But maybe we can look at that and say, hey, it was done in service to you being able to move forward. And a lot of it is the ego. The ego is right there being like, ah, if I'm right, then you're wrong. And I'm going to be fighting. So some of that is what we do in therapy, too, is to help people work with that ego and look at it. There it is. It's popping up again. What can we do to work with it rather than have it take over everything and color everything with that?
0: And in terms of the daughter whose dad contracted COVID, Mm -hmm. the one thing that I will say to her, and I would validate her in this way, that's not small stuff. Mm -hmm. Your wedding day, wanting to have your dad walk you down the aisle, that is a pretty big thing. But it is also, I hate to say it, an opportunity to be a learning moment. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And in some ways, you have to be prepared for everything. But in other ways, if you try to over-prepare, then we start talking about going down the anxiety route. And Mm -hmm. then you're freaking out about everything that could possibly go wrong. And it's just so hard, Courtney, to keep yourself in the moment. Mm -hmm. But I think that is the key with the small stuff, is to really analyze that situation in the moment and whether
1: or not that thing is worth your time. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing at the time. And then also giving yourself some time to reflect on it and say, wait a minute, what is this doing to my life? We often just are on autopilot and we're not thinking. We're just going from A to B to C to D. And this is what we do. It's our routine. In some ways, that's healthy because we don't want to have to expend a lot of time on every single little Mm -hmm. thing in the day. But there are times where we need to pause and look at that and say, is this in service to me? Do I need to make some shifts here? What is this doing to me like you did? with Facebook. It's like, what is this doing to my mental health? This is turning into a big thing, bigger than it should be. So I need to take the control back and I need to make it small again and put it somewhere so it's not constantly able to assault me like you were getting those messages and stuff.
0: And in terms of people who are wondering about the Facebook thing, if you're listening for the first time, mm-hmm. I finally did just say, I have to take a Facebook yeah. break. And I'm going on one week remove, Courtney, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you, I never I felt better. do not miss it at <laughs> Oh. all yeah. It has taken so much clutter and noise Mm -hmm. out of my life. It has caused me to not see things that are going to upset me. And I'm not gonna be off of it forever because we do need it to some degree as a promotional tool. Mm -hmm. I have a play coming out in the winter here. I wanna get awareness raised, but I am nervous about going back on. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing in advance of that was I was weaning myself off and I was forcing myself to only go on maybe one, two days a week. Mm -hmm. And maybe I just go on to post something maybe I'm not looking at what other people are doing. And maybe even if I do post something, I'm not looking at the likes. I'm not looking at the comments. I'm just saying to people, hi, I'm here. I'm trying to be positive. I'm not trying to stir something up. But even that doesn't always Mm -hmm. work because there are other people who have other ideas. And it's like that person who gets jealous of their friend who is succeeding and they want to knock people down a peg. With the overexposure that we have to each other, it's the easiest place in the world to do something Mm -hmm. like that. And that's what I found was happening to me and to me I was just randomly attacked I hadn't posted
1: anything it was a direct message and it ended a 20 year friendship I'd had enough and it's very sad and also because of where you were at too you have a lot of other stressors going on Mm -hmm. so that was piling on top and it was harder for you to be able to be able to put that in its place and compartmentalize that it got to be very difficult so that's when you knew what I can control is the fact of shutting this down right now and you've gotten a lot of people who are behind you and people have reached out and said oh I'm off Facebook too and it's great (laughs) you know what I mean it's the best thing ever oh the outpouring corny
0: Yeah, I had to delay getting off by two days Mm -hmm. because I was so grateful for the people who weren't trolling me that I felt the need to get back to every single one and a lot of them the response was like oh my god I never thought you'd get back to me Mm -hmm. and I said well you're doing something to help me right now and I want to acknowledge that and thank you for that and give them maybe since they're still on social media one good experience (laughs) if I have to be that person I will be that person.
1: And there wasn't outpouring. So you know that a lot of other people, that's validating for you and normalizing too because a lot of other people have been feeling this way and they understand it. Everybody gets it. Nobody's like outraged. Oh my gosh. I also want to say for
0: somebody who is tempted to get off of social media, but they say something along the lines of, well, I need it for my job because I had a couple of people come to me and say, wait a minute, you're on the radio, you have a podcast. Mm -hmm. What is your employer saying about this? Are they trying to force you to stay on? Because it's a very valuable promotional tool. And a credit to our company, I had a conversation with our general manager about it and he Mm -hmm. was all for it. He had no problem with Mm -hmm. it, which I thought was really cool. But I will tell you, if he did have a problem with it, and some people who are maybe struggling with this, if it got to that, point, yeah. I would probably get a doctor's note and say, look, this is affecting my mental health, mm-hmm. which is a medical issue. Right? If it is a medical issue that is causing you all kinds of problems in your personal life, mm-hmm. you are perfectly valid and entitled to get that doctor's note. Right. Don't make excuses to keep doing something that is kicking the snot out of mm-hmm. you.
1: Yeah, and for a lot of people, it can be very unhealthy being exposed to also some people who are being unhealthy to mm-hmm. them. You know, so that is good. And to your credit, like you said, you let people know about it. You gave them a chance to <laughs> connect with you, and you gave them some positive and good words. And being very thankful for that. And but I did not did... get
0: one negative comment yeah. about That's coming what I mean. off Everybody at gets all. it. It was yeah. overwhelming the Everybody amount of positivity, it. and that sort of restored my faith in socials for Mm -hmm. when I return, that it's not all bad. But sometimes it's it's just like if you work with the public, Mm -hmm. you're only going to hear something when they're not happy. But that doesn't mean that you don't have
1: satisfied customers all over the place. And that's a perspective to remember when and if you're ready to go back on. Remembering that you're not going to hear from all of the people who are just delighted to see (laughs) you back on there. But you will hear from one or two coming up. And then from there, who knows, people who are going to want to say something. And we've done stories and shows on that, too, as to where their psychology is. And a lot of that you can't stop. And sometimes you have to try to ignore it. But if it's hard to ignore it, then it is time to take a break.
0: And in terms of sweating, the small stuff, Courtney, social media should really be under that category, Mm -hmm. small stuff. But most of the time, it really doesn't feel that way, does it? No,
1: especially with the younger generations, Mm because they grew up with it. They would lose their arm. It's like (laughs)
0: losing a part of them. You You must have seen the article. I saw it on the Drudge Report about a week or a week and a half Mm -hmm. ago, and there was a study saying that social media is fast becoming the leading cause of mental illness in young people. Yeah, it's the, very
1: disturbing. Oh my yeah, God. Very yeah, very distressing. As Meanwhile, depression's going up mm-hmm. and now they're talking about anxiety and they're having a recommendation now that we should be assessed for anxiety at your primary care office because mm-hmm. they do an assessment for depression. But since anxiety is right up there, they also want to get to people sooner on that too.
0: Already in my doctor's office, we have to fill out paperwork before we go in. And to their credit, they have that. They do, yeah. Are you feeling unmotivated? Are you having trouble getting Mm -hmm. out of bed? Would you consider yourself depressed or anxious? And I think that is becoming far more common because look, they're seeing it way more than they ever have. Mm -hmm. And in terms of being grateful, I'm so glad that we did not have social media when we were kids. Oh yeah, oh
1: my gosh. I just
0: think it has retarded so many things, Mm -hmm. especially things like creativity Mm -hmm. and doing things outside, just physical fitness, all of this stuff. And- Meaningful relationships Mm -hmm. when you see, I've told the story about that kid I saw with his grandfather and the kid's like eight years old and the grandfather is 80 and you could see the guy was trying to hold back tears. He's trying to have a moment with his grandson and his grandson is just so into whatever TikTok video Mm -hmm. that he's watching. Someday that kid is gonna say, I really blew an opportunity yeah. to have a quality relationship with this person.
1: And we already see the backlash of what happens. A lot of the teenagers and the kids just not feeling well about themselves and seeing a lot of stuff on social media that they shouldn't be exposed to. But it is. It's really, really difficult. It should be something where we can just say, social media, put it away for a while. and mm-hmm. be on with your lives. But for a lot of people, they don't know that is their life, a huge part of their life. So trying to be able to have that in a healthy way can be a struggle.
0: And I will say, if I... I can do it, you can do it mm-hmm. because believe me ladies and gentlemen and Courtney will attest she's a professional. I'm an absolute mess.
1: Ah.
0: <laughs> but I'm still somehow found a way. Well, away.
1: you do have good insight and that's what it is too is just knowing when but you need that's to do that. Thanks to therapy, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are reluctant
0: to get right. into and that's why we're here. We exactly. are one of the positives <laughs> that you see promoted on social media. We
1: try our best. And I just wanted to mention too I was reading an article. I love this on WonderMind is what it's called. You can sign up for for it and it's just these free emails and they have little tips for mental health and different things you can do for symptoms. They also have an article each time with an interview with someone and recently they had one with Brett Eldridge. He's a country music star mm-hmm. and he was talking all about going on tour and how it's this weird dynamic of connectiveness when he's on stage but then loneliness when he's off stage and how he did have trouble when he first hit big feeling overwhelmed and people pleasing and all of these kind of things. So he talked about some of his struggles with mental health. But he also said that when he doesn't feel that he has control of things, there's certain things that he always does that helps him feel grounded. So when he goes on tour, every day he meditates, every day he journals. And that's what helps keep him grounded. And I think when we talk about not sweating the small stuff. We've got to have some positive things that we go to. Like you said, creativity, exercise. There's certain things we need to go to that helps us to put things in perspective so that things don't get all over our shoulders and pile up on us, that we need to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to worry about that right now. It's not a big deal. I'm going to go take a run or I'm going to go hang with a friend or something like that. But we need that to get rid of some of this angst.
0: And that's a great thing that Brett did and said, because I will tell you as a creative person and there have been many documented cases of this why do you see so many musicians Mm -hmm. and comedians problems with substance abuse Mm -hmm. it's because and many of them will tell you I'm out on the road away from my family. I Mm -hmm. hit the stage and I achieve this natural high. And then once the show is over and I'm back sitting in my hotel room, Mm -hmm. I want to recapture that high or Mm -hmm. maintain it because I'm starting to bottom out. So what do I do? I shoot up heroin or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that's why you see so much of that in that world. So for Brett to try to find something healthy to combat all of that is not only very admirable in terms of how he's behaving, but Mm -hmm. also the fact that he's getting the message out there so other performers can say, oh, okay, so that's how I work my way around
1: it. And sometimes people think, oh, I'm just going to not do the bad things. Well, you need to substitute and do some good things for yourself Mm -hmm. and have some good habits that you can feel grounded and anchor yourself on. So being proactive in that way, and that can help you again. I do it too, and I'm a therapist, and I work with people and try to be positive, but there are times when I'll bump into a situation and be like, oh my God, look at the line. Oh. I don't want to stand in this. I have so many things to do. Why is it taking the toaster oven so long to make my English muffins? Oh I don't have this kind of time. I the goodness in me. I'm feeling angry. <laughs> All of these things. And I have to stop myself and say, come on. And it's just a habit now. I immediately switch. And I say, OK, what's another way of looking at this? And I just talk myself through it. And before you know it, I'm enjoying another conversation with somebody who's in line or what have you and looking at the situation differently. We can turn things around. We don't have to keep piling on that small stuff.
0: Recent example for me, I was at a supermarket and they didn't have two or three of the items that I wanted. I'm like, oh my God, this place sucks.
1: Why do I keep coming here? (laughs) Why is it always like
0: that? But the way that I brought myself back was, I said, hey, remember a year and a half ago When you couldn't find toilet paper, remember how bad things Mm -hmm. were then? It's a good way to kind of check yourself Mm -hmm.
1: before you wreck yourself. Rickety, (laughs) rickety, rickety wreck yourself. Exactly. And that's how we can connect to gratitude, looking at it in a different way and comparing. Mm -hmm. We can compare to other people's lives. We can also compare to our own and say, hey, you know what? I'm in a much better place than I was a year ago, two years ago. Or, hey, you know what? I do have the strength. Remember that time. I always tell my clients, remember this time right now that you are struggling, but you are getting through it because that's going to be your victory story mm-hmm. that you're going to tell yourself in five years from now, or you're going to tell someone else. It's a template for somebody else's success Use it to inspire you're somebody, going to inspire someone, or you're going to inspire yourself because I'm going to remind you of this because I've had some long-term clients that I can say, remember when we first started working together and such and such was such a huge deal and you couldn't accomplish this, or you weren't talking to this side of your family, or this person was mad at you these many years later, look at all the work you did and look how things have changed. Have faith in that. Because oftentimes we just live our life, we don't examine that. We need someone to remind us, or ourselves to remind us, and to reflect on that.
0: And in the meantime, go journal with Brett Eldridge. Yes, go meditate people. with Brett Eldridge. If I
1: run into him, huh? God, God,
0: God, boy. <laughs> well, you may not run into Brett Eldridge, but you can contact Courtney Kelly. You can.
1: Everybody's like, oh, <laughs> a little bit of a let up. I Maybe
0: that's it. a bad comparison. <laughs>
1: You can always write to me, wellness at WCTK.com. We also have resources for you on the Wellness 411 page at CatCountry.com.
0: Socials at Cat Country Mornings on most of the major platforms. One of two of us is on Facebook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Bedard. There is a Cat Country Bedard.
0: Morning Show Facebook page, mm-hmm. and Courtney will filter out the things that I'm allowed to see if yeah, people exactly. try to contact me. But all the other pages, you can find us. I'm Brian Mulhern, Brian with an I, M-U-L-H-E-R-N. Courtney with the C. Kelly EY Bedard sometimes. Courtney, 120 of them behind wow. us. Here's the small thing that I'm sweating. What the frick are we going to do for episode <laughs> 121?
1: Calm down, Brian. Calm, calm, calm down. down. Perspective. <laughs> Take a breath. There you go. All right.
0: We'll see you when I'm done freaking out next <laughs> week. Go back on the couch with Courtney and Brian.
1: See ya. I want to talk about me. Tell me.